Well, Martin, Jacob, I think it's time we take that walk we were discussing at the beginning of the day. It's past lunchtime. Everybody's back to uh, their groove here at the school. I think we have a little bit of time. Let's go, boys. We're going to go for a walk in the forest. Oh, wow. Listen to those sounds, boys. Isn't that a beautiful sound? Listen to that, boys. Martin, what do you think? Um, it's very pretty. I like the birds. How about it, Jacob? Is that not the most beautiful sound you've ever heard? Yeah, birds are dumb. I like birds. Birds are nice. Birds are fun. I would have to agree with Martin on that one, Jacob. Yeah, I think birds are fun. Yeah, well, you're both dumb. Jacob, I'm taking us for a walk in the woods because I think there's some things we need to talk about. I'm glad you're both students here at our school. <laughs> but we've been having some issues, haven't we, Jacob? Or maybe I should direct that question to Martin here. We've been having some issues, haven't we, Martin? Um, I'm doing fine. Hello, doing? children. Hello. And nice game of badminton. Glad y'all are having a good time. All right, boys, let's get back to the topic at hand. That topic is Jacob, intimidation. You need to stop intimidating the other students with your pubes. You were putting your pubes in Rebecca's hair this morning. And you said, look, she already has curly hair. You can't tell the difference. Well, I can tell the difference. And you need to stop it. We're also here to talk about bullying. You need to stop bullying the other students with your pubes. And we're also here to talk about teasing. Jacob, you need to stop teasing the other students with your pubes. It's cold out here. Can we go back inside? Well, look, the other children are playing just fine, having a good time with the game of badminton. In fact, it looks like it's tournament day. Let's go, team. Let's go, team. Jacob, what do you have to say for yourself? Look at Martin here. He still has that piece of puberty that you taped on his neck from this morning. It's a big curly red hair. And all the other students are making fun of him. And I can sympathize because when I was his age, I used to get picked on too. Yep. I think you should take that piece of tape off of his neck. Don't, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Here, get it off of his neck. No, no, no. Quit. Stop. Stop. I don't want you to touch right, me. Get your hands off of him, please. Stop touching me. Let's keep walking, We're boys. That obviously didn't work. I'll take it off. Ugh. But I think I've made myself pretty clear here. We're all, we're all men. Sure, the two of you... You're in your mid-teens, and I'm somewhere in my mid-fifties. I, I don't know where it is. It doesn't matter. But you boys are old enough to know that you can't be fighting the way you were. All right, I know there's a little bit of arguing that's going to happen between boys of your age. Martin, I appreciate your self-control. But Jacob, you really need to stop picking on the other kids with your pubes. Now, do you think you can do that for me? 
look. I think it's hilarious. All right, but do you think Martin thought that was funny? I didn't that, think it, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't think it was funny. I, I at all. think. I think it, it wasn't. Was funny. It wasn't funny. See, I think he thought it was. It was funny. It was funny for everybody. All right. So yes, the other students did laugh. I will give you. Everybody that. thought it was pretty funny. They were all I, laughing. Martin, it is hard to admit. It, it did kind of make the other students laugh. In fact, we haven't had a laugh like that in the schoolhouse since 1987, when uh, a girl by the name of Sarah Hendrickson. She made this tampon tea for the administrator. But um, you know what? Why are you, know you what's telling a... us about that? Okay, because I think that there is a similarity here between Jacob's behavior and what Sarah did. And I don't know if it's just this part of Oregon, but you kids seem to have a real perverted sense of what's funny. I, I, can I go back to class? I'm missing my advanced placement chemistry test. Martin, we're here to confront Jacob on his bullying. But I want to get credit for college. Don't worry about it, Martin. We'll, we'll have you taken care of. Jacob, do you have any care whatsoever for what you've done to Martin's self-esteem today? No. Why not? Think you're better than him, do you? Uh, yes. You want to pick on someone your own size? Yes. Well, how about me? Let's what do you do think about me? Huh? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. Even though you're seven inches taller than me. Well, as I look down on you, I see a boy. I see a very insecure boy. Yeah, go for it, even though you're seven inches taller than me. Oh, you think that's funny, mister? Come here. Come here. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Look, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. I just have a soft spot in my heart for those who get bullied. And I'll tell you something. How is me spreading my pubes any different than you spreading your knowledge? Boys, let's just take a walk. Let's just walk back to the school. Let's let this be our little secret, okay? Uh, yeah. What are you talking What secret? The difference between my knowledge and your pubes, Jacob, is that my knowledge helps people. Your pubes have been harming people. Now, my question is, you have all these bags of pubes that I found in your desk right here. All these right here. How do you grow all these pubes anyhow? <laughs> Protein. And these are all the specific color that I know your pubes are. How do you know what color his pubes are? Because they're the only ones that get taped to the school walls, Martin. And I don't think it's but funny. What if, what if they're not his? What if, it's, what if they belong to uh, what, the girl and... Um, okay, let me... A fr a freshman, a freshman girl with the red hair. What if they're hers? Okay, I'm going to open this How bag right know? here. Martin, you see these? This looks like the same kind of pubes that were taped to your neck earlier today. Probably, but you don't know that for sure. You should get them tested. Well, our school does not have that in their budget, and I can tell you I know because I already looked. Because I wanted to have these pubes that were put in my coffee the other morning tested. Although these were like curly and black. They and they left an oily surface on the top of my coffee. So I don't know exactly where they came from. Maybe it's that girlfriend you keep talking about that supposedly goes to another school. Is that the case here, Jacob? Where did these other pubes come from? I, I, want, I want to go back to chemistry class. 
I, I want to go back and take the test. I want to get college credit. Okay. We still have time. I can take Hold the test. Hold on a second there, Mark. I'm not going to get to take the test. I'm still doing a little bit of independent investigation since the school doesn't have that in their budget either. To take the test? No. No, I want to take I wanna the test. Know, no, I, I want to know, know what it. Mr. Jacob has to say about those curly black pubes and where they came from. <laughs> Mr. Hereford. <laughs> I'm the generator of my own pubes and no one else's. I want to know. Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm walking uh, in the forest with Headmaster... You are husband. not supposed to have a cell phone on uh, school I, property, Mom, young man. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. They're telling me I can't take the chemistry exam Give me that. For, for that is against school policy. This is Mr. Herford here. I am sorry. Your son is... Being a little insubordinate right now, Mom, even though I was taking care of a bullying issue. Oh, you kids stress me out. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you later, Mrs. Andrews. Oh, they're not gonna let me take okay. the test. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot, Dickweed. You trying to make me look like a bad teacher? Oh, hey, boys, listen. You're not Stop. a teacher. Boys, what You're is that? Headmaster. Boys, you hear that? What are you talking I about? Hear something in the sky. Whoa. Boys, what is that? Pubes. No. Jacob, this is no time for clowning. Boys, I. That is the spirit of the forest. What? We talked about this in class a few weeks ago, and there you have it. We talked here. Don't the spirit teach? of the, oh, you weren't there that day. <laughs> That's what the spirit you? of the forest, boys. This guy's a fucking nut job, isn't he? I want to take my chemistry test so I can go to college and have credit. Okay, we're chemistry. on our way back to the. I want to. I want to take the test. Okay. It's just chemistry test. I. I still have time. I can finish it. Let's just beat Let him up. Ah, oh, boys, that's not funny. Don't I even. I don't want to beat like anybody up. Seriously, let's just stomp his ass. Why no, would we do boys, that? Boys, yeah, give me your fucking Jacob, glasses, asshole. Jacob, Come here. Come Jacob. here, you. Stop it! Ow! Ow! Come here, Jacob. How's that for the spirit of the forest? Oh. Boys. Wow. I've not ever been assaulted. Can't believe you punched me like that. Oh, my head. Serves you right. Let's go, Martin. I'm going to go get the, the school resource officer. Shut up, Martin. Let's go. Mr. Herford, are you okay? Fuck you, Mr. Herford. Jacob, don't you touch me again. Don't you touch me again, boy. Oh, I'll touch you real good. I just want to take my test. No, seriously, Martin, shut the fuck up. Don't touch me. I wasn't going to touch you. Why did we leave Mr. Herford back there? Are are we gonna le just leave him bleeding? I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go get somebody to help him. No, you're not. He needs help. Fuck, Mr. Herford. Um. 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 Um...
power button is stuck. Seventeen two hands thoroughbred, straight bro. Big red sorrel. I killed him this morning. He broke both legs, bro. He broke both legs coming down off the mountain. And I had to throw my gun away too. North Corvallis. I just put him down. I didn't shoot him. I had to shoot him. I rode that horse through the Red Desert all the way across, bro. He broke both legs, bro. Come down. I lost my association saddle sitting right up here. My saddle sitting there. Let's go get in the river again. I don't care. I don't care no more. I lost my horse. Bullshit. His name was Rooster. He was a big, big old thoroughbred, bro. My association saddle sitting right there. I had to cut it off of him. I'll jump in the river. I don't give a rap fuck. It hurts, bro. It hurts. It hurts. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Oh my goddamn horses was a damn bullshit. No, don't. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I just need to go get a beer. Can you give me some change for a beer? I don't have any change. Okay, little brother.
That's the sound of uh, pieces of the Alvord Playa being tossed into the air, striking the surface. The surface of the playa is made of salt and clay, and it's approximately an inch and a half thick. So when it strikes the surface, it makes a wonderful kind of explosive sound. How would you describe the landscape out here? This is a remarkable landscape. This is the, the Albert Playa is about um, 15 miles long and four miles wide. It's perfectly flat. It's the bottom of an old lake that was once here. It was once about 200 feet deep. And now it's uh, a dry, flat playa. It's surreal. A lot of people say, wow, it's like being on the moon. Well, I've never been on the moon, but uh, it does have a feeling of otherworldliness, I suppose. But then again, it's totally natural. And out here, there are very, very few people here. I can come out and uh, I'll be totally alone. I won't see anyone at all and walk out into the middle or and just stop and, uh, and it's totally silent. This could be a wonderful place to film a movie, mm -hmm. a sci-fi or... Totally. Especially this time of day. Yeah, the light's great, isn't it? Uh, we're east of the Steens. The Steens rise up out of the, the floor of the desert. The Steens rise up over one mile high. So we're on the east side of that, which puts us in the shadow of the Steens. So now we're looking out to the east from here, and the horizon is light blue, but we're seeing pink in the sky and some cloud formation. And the floor of the playa is a creamy, white, lovely. It reflects a little bit of the pink. I can see it. As a painter, I see the pink in the... Do you see it? Yeah, in, the, in there. Mm -hmm. It looks more looks more brownish green. Yeah, in the in the distance, and then see right in here. This how warm that is. Yeah, it's reflective. We're standing on the dry part of the playa, and it's lovely. You know, people love to drive on the playa, and they'll go. Uh, some people like to close their eyes and and put their foot to the floor. Uh, of the accelerator and just drive with their eyes closed as a thrill. <clears throat> but uh, they can end up in an area where there's uh, damp clay or, or even water and when that happens the surface of the playa turns into a very sticky, gooey, muddy, kind of amazing clay. Yeah. Do you like being alone? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with it. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, they sort of say, well, aren't you lonely out there by yourself? And, um, no, no. Uh, I've been here for over three years and I've never had that 
that sad, this sort of, I don't know, that feeling of loneliness. I've had it before in my life, but not here. And the reason is, I think, is um, the landscape is so powerful. You know, it's, it is a personality. And um, you're part of that. And so I'm not alone. I'm with the earth, you know, here. It's like very palpable. It's, it's different when you're so removed and you're just, it's just you and the earth. So I think there's something about that. I can feel more alone in a city, actually. I've felt very, very alone in a city with a lot, a lot of people. But no one's looking at you. You know, it's like, wow, that's a different kind of feeling. Or here, even though there are no people, the earth feels very close to me. So it's different that way. And um, I never tire of the the changes of light and shadow here. And, um, you know, you'd think after three years that I probably would have seen everything by now, but I never tire of it. Like what we're looking at right now, you know, we're looking at the area where the sun has gone down now. We're facing west. And... Uh, it's an amazing reflective quality to the surface of the playa. The clay itself has uh, a little bit of a finish to it, so it does reflect light. And it's fooled me in the past where I would think it was wet, that it's covered in water. And then I would come down and realize that it's not water. It's just polished surface of clay reflecting the light as if it were water. If you look at the ground here, the surface of the playa, uh, there are large cracks, but then within the cracks are small formations. And you look at those and you get up very close to them and it looks just like canyons, like, like water has washed away these canyons. And you can see, just like if you were in space and you're looking down or from an airplane, exactly if you're from an airplane and you're looking down, you see the exact same thing. So what I'm seeing is this repetitive nature of scale happening on Earth. And it's probably more than just Earth. But so here, you know, these formations are smaller than my finger. If I go to the east side of the playa, you'll see these same formations happening, but on a larger scale. But, you know, say they're maybe a a foot wide, but the same thing. And then you go out into actual canyons, like from an airplane, and it looks the same again. And uh, this likeness, this uh, similarity, uh, unity, repetitiveness, also feeds me here. And also tells me that I'm not alone. And I'm part of this playa. I'm made of this playa, too. And as a man of 64 years old now, I'm headed this way. I will one day be the playa. And I will, I will be this. Going back. Going back home.
in a way. And I think about that out here because I am alone a lot. It's natural. Nothing to fear. It's actually, I think, very beautiful, you know? It, it gives me a sense of belonging, of a greater nature, of, you know, my body is made of all these parts and all these elements made of the earth, came from the earth. Yeah, I mean, we're made of, we're made of the earth. And the earth was more likely made of dust from other, other planets, other, other parts that came together and formed a planet. And we share all these elements throughout space. Maybe it happens out here if you live in the desert long enough by yourself, right? You get a little... Wow, he's gotten a little wacko. Wow, he's been out there too too long by himself. I don't know if that happens. It's just that I think you begin to think more about this because there's nothing else around here. There's a lot of silence. And now, you know, once in a while I have to go buy something. Like I have to go... I have to run some errands. I save them all up, but I'll finally do it after four months, and I'll go to a place like Bend, and I am shocked. I am stunned. It takes me. It takes me a little bit to grasp what is thought of as common. This is what humans do. Homo sapiens. This is what we do. We, as Homo sapiens, think that we are the most, the most intelligent being on the planet. And, you know, the more I'm here, I question that. I really question that we are so intelligent. Or are we just telling ourselves that we're so intelligent, you know? If we talk, if we talk to each other enough and tell each other this enough... Wow, aren't we smart? We are so smart. Look what we can do, all this stuff that other animals can't do. And then I think, wait a minute. Okay, I got that. Got that. What's intelligence, first of all? To me, intelligence might be sustainability and the ability to last a long, long time and grow well and beautifully without harming. To me, that's intelligent. As the old codger in the desert now, you know, I think the sustainability is it, really. And we're moving so fast, we're using up the planet, we're using up all the... Uh, we're poisoning our water, we're poisoning our air, everything. Oh, it's like, um, my heart goes out to everyone. I love everyone so much. I love all the beings. I don't want to harm anyone. And so as an artist out here in the desert, I watch the earth, I watch the rest of the earth, and uh, I make intentions, I hope that things go well, but I don't know. I'm just going to watch and I'm going to paint about it, you know? But this place teaches me a lot in its silence.
it doesn't fill space with just sound. It's comfortable in silence. When I came out, I thought, <clears throat> things that I used to blame on other people, you know, other people did that to me. You know, they, they, you know, they pissed me off. They were like, mm. and then I was alone and there were no other people. And guess what? Stuff still happened. And I had to sit with that, you know, and I thought, you mean all this time that was me? I was doing it. But it must have been me because there's no one else and it's still happening. So I had to sit with that. That's this, this place, this great silent land is a great teacher in that way because it, um, it doesn't answer, it doesn't say anything. It's quiet, it's silent. And it doesn't care if you're alive or dead. But it's part and parcel of me. Like this, what we're standing on here, you know, this, to me it looks like skin. It's a skin, you know, how skin is broken up into little patterns like this. Yeah, it's a good place to come to simply be. No expectation, just be. But a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. <laughs> they, they are, they come out and they're like, uh, do you have TV? Do you have, uh, <laughs> we have to have something because it's so quiet, isn't it? Like, it's too quiet. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's quiet, all right. I mean, you can listen to Rush Limbaugh if you want um, on the radio. But um, I prefer not to. Sorry, Rush. Nothing personal. Well, actually. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll be uh, tripping on Oxycontin and listening to the spirit <laughs> of the forest. I hope so. If, if so, it might be good for him, maybe. Um, well, it, you know, expand. Expansion. So now we're seeing oh, the stars. Oh, he expands all right. <laughs> expands. Windbags expand in, in very interesting ways. Yes, buddy? I've got something going. There's what? Orion. I've got a good thing. And it's my it's my tires going against your tires on your bike or just your metal. And it sounds like this kind of cool, but I can't make it very well. And it's a cool sound. Oh, man. All right. Cool, John. Very cool. What were you going to say? Hey, of course I didn't bring any water with me or food or anything like that, though. This does look like a place where one could go and die. Yep. I think so. Probably a good place to go and die, you know. What kind of a place do you see yourself dying in? Probably right here. <laughs> Maybe today, actually. I'm not sure. Um, oh, I don't know. I think about that. It's like, you know what? I don't want to go to a, quote, rest home. Uh, no. I don't want to go to a hospital. And if I were, say, diagnosed with some terminal thing, like, a, you know, say I'm have cancer or something, 
I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to go to the, I'm not going to do the chemo. I'm not going to do the radiation. I'm going to enjoy what I have. And then when I feel really, really bad, I'll come out and take a little walk, you know. This isn't too bad out here. I don't know. Let's choose our death spot now. Let's choose it. Um, there are lots of, look over there. It's like the big mountains there, right? There's big build-up things. Yeah, you could probably find a spot. Uh, I, yeah, out here, I think one thinks about, I mean, I do. I think about that. That this land around me here would just as soon have me dead as alive. Probably would prefer me to be dead, actually. So it could have my nutrients. Does yeah. this landscape feel uncaring as a landscape to you? Yes. It doesn't care. Now, this, this soil here would probably just absolutely love it if all my nutrients were to be dumped on it. And the animals, too. Something to eat. Find a lot of bones out here. A lot of bones. And it makes you think about stuff like that. Yeah. I've never found a human out here yet. Have you found a lot of skulls? Quite a few, yes. But no humans. I mean, just, you know, cattle and um, a couple coyotes. Um, but most of the bones, things have been picked through other animals. Picked through them, scattered them, chew on them, use them. So it's a natural process. And that's the other aspect is this. It seems natural to me. It's not something of fear. I look at that at this age and I'm like, well, I'm, I relate to the desert, you know, so, yeah. It's okay. It's natural. Nothing to worry about. Just process. I like painting or whatever, you know, process, right? hosted a D.A.R.E. program. <sighs> Messed up my life. School brought officers in. They told us what marijuana smelled like. Asked us to raise our hand if any of us recognize the smell. I raised my hand without thinking. They pulled all of us aside, all four of us who raised our hand. All four of us. 
had our parents taken away from us. They supposedly had the program in place to teach kids about drug resistance, awareness. All they did though was had us rat out our parents. I lived in foster homes from there on out because what they found on my dad, they said it was intent to distribute larger amount than usual. The other three kids, their parents were arrested too, but on much lesser charges than my dad. I lived in foster homes throughout my teenage years, my young adult life. I lived with this one family until I was 23 years old that looked after me from the time I was 15. The D.A.R.E. program ruined my life. It ruined my dad's life. My dad's still in jail. I don't live a normal adult life. I spend a lot of time here at the edge of the forest, behind the factory. You can hear the generator in the distance. I spend a lot of time in the river here. I just kind of float along and look at the forest. My dad used to work at that very factory until he was arrested. He's still in jail. Dare program. What a joke. What a ripoff. Talk about a home wrecker. It's a dare program. Yeah, my life hasn't been the same since. I was junior high. call back to me, but most of the time I'm just all alone out here, whistling to myself, basically. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad.
this edition of The Spirit of the Forest was produced, edited, and recorded by Dan Crawl. A special warm thanks goes out to the voices in this episode, which include John Simpkins, John Crawl, Matt Burris, John Knight, Dan Crawl, and the Unknown Wanderer, recorded at the Corvallis Skate Park sometime in the middle part of the first decade of the 2000s. That piece is entitled, I Killed My Horse This Morning, and appears on the Dan Crawl CD release, North. A thank you is offered to Don Boucher for his natural sonic contributions, and to the music projects Raison d'Etre and Yen Pox, and to the old-time radio program Theater 5. I'm Dr. Seward Combs. Until next time, so long. I don't think a teenager driving around at midnight is normal behavior. Well, the other kids do. I don't care what all the other kids do. I don't think Johnny's request is unreasonable. I do. Whatever you may think, I believe you have to deal with it in a rational manner. I am being rational. Stop raising your voice. I am not raising my voice. Oh, please, Dad. No, no, no. How many times do I have to say it before the word becomes clear around here? What? What's that? What's what? Don't you hear it? Hear what? I don't hear anything. Paul, sit down. You look as white as a sheet. Dad, can I have the car tonight? Yes. Yes, go and take it. I... I won't be using it.